morning. Welcome to Bethany Lutheran here in Warren, Oregon. As we continue our search through Mark, today we are on Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 42, excuse me, 44, which read, The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest for a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples said to him, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now very late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. They said to him, Are we to go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves have you? Go and see. When they had found out, they said, five and two fish. Then he ordered them to get all the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all, and all ate and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. Those who had eaten the loaves numbered five thousand men. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Those of you my age or older can remember watching the evening news on television during the Vietnam War. It was the first war where the general public was presented with a daily body count. That is, how many of our young men died that day in the war. And this daily body count went on day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. It dragged on until we heard of and felt a new phenomenon, something labeled compassion fatigue. We could handle no more. For weeks, we saw daily images of devastation in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina wreaked havoc in August 2005. We saw thousands of people stranded outside the Louisiana Superdome and the New Orleans Convention Center. They were screaming for help, for food, for water. We saw untended bodies lying in the open, not even covered up. We watched in horror. 
By September that year, people of faith responded with millions of dollars in donations and thousands of hours of volunteer time. However, 16 years later, are we concerned that whole neighborhoods still lay in total ruin waiting for help? Do we stress over the thousands of residents still displaced with no home of their own? No, we've run out of compassion or we've moved on to the next disaster. Compassion, that feeling in your gut. You have physical sympathy, co-suffering, that deep within feeling that will cause you to go outside of yourself. And yet all too often we feel but do nothing about it. We do not act on that feeling. And in truth, there is no compassion unless it is known by the other. Our gospel text for today starts off with Jesus' disciples returning from their first mission trips. He sees that they're in need of rest, and so he leads them to a quiet place to rest and rejuvenate. However, the crowds of people are so in need of what Jesus has that they run in mass to be in place before Jesus' boat comes ashore. And we are told he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus is tired. The disciples are road weary, but the need for healing and feeding and saving is greater. And so Jesus has compassion on the crowds and continues serving and ministering. And he asks his disciples to do the same. He has become the shepherd for those who have none. When Mark writes of Jesus as shepherd, it serves as a scathing critique of Israel's false leaders that mimics Ezekiel 34. Thus says the Lord God, Ah, you shepherds of Israel who've been feeding yourselves, should not the shepherds feed the sheep? You have not strengthened the weak. You have not healed the sick. You have not bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strayed. You have not sought the lost. But with force and harshness, you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and scattered they became food for all the wild animals. Ezekiel goes on to say God will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. This is what Jesus does. The crowds that follow and gather around him, the healings and casting out of demons, the miraculous feedings are all signs that the Son of God is shepherding the people into God's kingdom. Jesus is doing what a person with power should do. He's making the kingdom of heaven at hand. In Jesus' view, those who have power whether they are media, 
politicians or merchants are there to be shepherds. There's no division between private life and public morality. In Jesus' view, Oprah Winfrey has millions so that she may help people. Bono has a voice for the purpose of building up society. Those like former President Jimmy Carter, those with power and influence, are only there for the lifting up of the poor and the homeless and the rescuing of the refugees and the lost. We also are here for the good of others, for we too have power by virtue of being Americans. We have time, money, leisure, and ability to act. We do not live in the type of poverty where all of life is a struggle to survive. Therefore, we are to be shepherds. Jesus commands us to be compassionate as your Father is compassionate. Christians are always apostolic people. We are always sent out into the world around us. We are not to sit back in our churches, our homes, our comfortable enclaves, but we are sent into the communities around us with the message and power of the gospel. Our Christian lives are filled with places of dying where Jesus brings messages of life. But we cannot plan our discipleship. We cannot plan where and when we will offer compassion and discipleship. We cannot plan all the situations we will encounter so that we are comfortable and fully equipped for that moment of discipleship. God already has that plan in place. We will find ourselves involved in situations which are beyond our knowledge, and all we can do is trust in his promises. In fact, we will often find ourselves in circumstances beyond our capabilities so that we and all involved will know that this could only work because of God's presence. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. In Mark 13, 11, we have the record of Jesus telling his disciples, And do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is giving you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. You care for your husband with increasing dementia. You raise a child with developmental disabilities. You find yourself at the police station picking up your son with his second DUI. Year after year, your congregation finds itself carrying on ministry without a pastor. You are not in control but Jesus Christ, who has come to bring life, is. Abundant life that goes beyond our strength, beyond our reason, beyond our resources. A seminarian tells of a time he was sitting in a drug dependency unit with a 14-year-old boy. 14 years old, 
in a drug dependency unit. With tears in his eyes, the seminarian says, there I was, I didn't know what to say. So I just told him the story of Jesus. And I thought, this is crazy. I'm just a farmer out here. He had come to the seminary from a farm in Iowa and God brought him into a drug dependency unit to be with a 14 year old boy. He's just a farmer, but he has a faithful God, a God who takes his disciples into places of dying so that they might experience life. Many of you know part of my story, that God took this Wisconsin farm girl and placed me in a quasi-military academy to serve as an advocate for 17 and 18-year-old boys who also happen to be drug addicts, gang members, survivors of abuse and abandonment, and many had done jail time. I was so in over my head, but I gave God control of me and the situation, and he worked miracles through me to bring compassion, healing, and renewal to these young people, many of whom thought they had no future and no worth. A friend of mine was a pastor of a small congregation in Gulf Shores, Alabama, when the area suffered a massive oil spill in 2010. Immediately, the fishing industry was put out of business and the businesses supporting the fishing industry were on life support. Pastor Mike rallied his flock to collect and distribute food. It wasn't enough. He appealed outside his community for cash donations so they could help with utility payments. It wasn't enough. He contacted federal agencies to see what assistance could be procured. And Little Peace Lutheran of Gulf Shores, Alabama, received multi-millions in federal disaster relief to distribute as they saw need. They ended up being a major clearinghouse with almost no government control or regulation, something in which they had no experience. And they saved lives and their community through their faithful discipleship. So with humble hearts filled with a holy awe, we do not leave the desolate places of this world. Rather, let us seek to enter these places to serve the sick or hungering or those in need of comfort, knowing that we will be on holy ground. And in the end, Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome home. Amen.